Hi, Broadway fans. Welcome to another week of Popcorn Talks Broadway Breakdown. We are discussing 1991 versus 2017, cartoon versus live action, Paige O'Hara versus Emma Watson. We're going to get all into it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Hey girl, hey girl, hey girl, hey girl. No, it's what's good, what's good, what's good, what's good. Are you doing Beauty and the Beat? No, I'm doing um, the Hey Girl. Oh, because Beauty and the Beat, um, what's his face? Um, Condra called to the Beauty and the Beat, yeah. and they're like, what's good, what's good. And that's what always goes in my head ever since I saw Hi everyone, welcome to our second week of our Beauty and the Beast discussion. We're going to be talking the new film, also the cartoon as well. We're going to go back and forth comparing them. I am your host, Brianna Phipps. You can find me at bphipps14 on Twitter and Instagram and bphipps1214 on Snapchat. And we have a wonderful guest with us today. Hi! From the Los Angeles <laughs> Mean Girls. Uh, what, I always forget the word. Unauthorized musical Unauthorized, parody. that's the word. I'm yeah, like, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bianca Giselle. Thanks Where for having me. Where can they find you on social media, Bianca? At Bianca Giselle. So hard. Yeah. <laughs> she plays the Lindsay Lohan yes. character. Fabulous. Yes. And if you want Bianca, she is actually insurable, unlike. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. And we also true. have some old faces with us as well. Hi, I'm Becca Brown. You'll follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. And I'm 123JackieB on all platforms. Um, and like I said, we're going to be kind of discussing, comparing, because that's the only way I could figure out how to kind of break down this new film is like comparing it back and forth. So what I think, I think was, that's what you do when you watch it. Anyway. Yeah, right. I mean, it's so I think thing. the best way to do it is just we're just going to go by song by song and discuss the songs, and within that, we'll just kind of get to everything is, else. Becca is not going to like me because <laughs> I know she's in love with Dan Stevens, and I, I just don't I get it. <laughs> well, she was in love with Luke and Dan. Well, and so, I do you know. him. And but she, yeah. you don't, you've never even seen Downton Abbey. You're just in love with no. Downton Abbey's the book. I'm just. I, I also have never this, seen Downton Abbey. And, and okay. yeah, <laughs> I've it's heard cute. it's good. I've heard it's, it's great. It's done now, so I guess. But I was I underwhelmed by him on Downton Abbey, and I'm still underwhelmed oh. by him. It's a feeling that has get been out, Jackie. Oh. Get out. I maybe, uh, maybe I shouldn't have sat you guys together. <laughs> Those eyes, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get right into it. So I'm gonna loop these first three songs because they're basically all the same thing. Songs. Uh, in together, so we have the main title, prologue part one and part two, which is the sorceress talking, and then we have the added aria from Audrey McDonald. Oh, I love right. that. I love that. She's amazing. I just love her in general. Like, yeah. Still don't know though. Like, I think it's great that they gave her the the wardrobe like a bigger role in this. Like, it the wardrobe has a bigger role in the play as well. But I just don't know why she wasn't Miss Potts. It's it's still like I don't know if she would have been Mrs. Potts though. Like she. Like, Mrs. Potts is, like, very much, like, grandma, and I don't think that when I think Audra McDonald. I just think she's kind of more nurturing, which I think Audra McDonald can be very nurturing. Yeah, and then, um, and it's also, they have her sing that little piece of Tales Old as Time, and then they have uh, Emma Thompson jump in, and I, obviously Emma Thompson is a phenomenal actress, but her singing voice is I thought I that they did I it because she was kind of similar to Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Yeah, that's what I felt. But too. Angela yeah. Lansbury is a Tony-winning singer. <laughs> but she's also, but she's all. She even says herself, she's not also not like a singer singer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind like, and I like we're gonna get to it, but I didn't mind 
her at all, and I was really nervous about that because it's one of my favorite songs. I feel like movie. there were other characters that were worse yeah. Than yeah. to worry about. <laughs> I mean, so. my, my favorite part though is when my boyfriend, like, he was recasting certain parts, and he's like, "They should have just had that woman from uh, the Sound of Music play it." And I was like, first off, her voice is shot; she can't sing anymore." Also, second, he doesn't know his her name. Right? I was <laughs> like, that's your name. You're like, that's sir, Julie Andrews. That's You're like, this is the here. end of our relationship, and we then you over. broke up. No. You don't know Julie Andrews' name. <laughs> Done. The, the only reason that was okay. And is now like, you're single. He didn't, grow up, he didn't grow up in America, so I'm like, I will, I will let these things slide because the fact that you know that sound of music exists is like a step for you. You have to educate him. <laughs> um, I really liked the added thing though that they gave the explanation of why no one in the town knows yes. or cares. So smart. He's a beast. Yeah, because really that was smart. such a big thing. Like I remember, like not as a little kid, because as a little kid you're just like, oh, whatever. But like being older and being like. Does no one in the town care the prince is just gone? Yeah, No one's running the country anymore. Or, like, their family members, like Miss Potts, Mr. Potts. Like, he's not worried that that his wife is gone? Right. All right. Okay. And I do feel like that, whatever that curse was, it made the townspeople, like, a little bit, like, racist, shall I say? (laughs) Like, I mean, well, you have this, you have this thing where the townspeople are like, we don't fear what we don't, we fear what we don't understand, and they're, like, marching into the castle to kill him, and then the curse breaks, and they're like, I love everybody, let's have a ball, and you're like, wait a minute, you were just gonna kill everybody, what's happened? But they were gonna kill, I mean, that's the same in the first one, too. Yeah, but in this one, you, these people you find out they're the actual like relatives of the people in the castle. Yeah, but so I don't it's think like, it why would that... they march to the castle to because like murder their relatives? Because they don't <laughs> they remember. Know. They don't yeah. know that their relatives are inanimate objects. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, they're they're like, like, they have the memories still put on them, so they don't remember right who any of those people are. Well, they're inanimate mm-hmm. objects. They're just... racist under the spell. Okay, <laughs> is that even if real? you walked in and saw like a couch talking to you, you wouldn't be a little disturbed. You'd be like, oh, you know what? That might be my husband. I'm just going to be really nice to it. (laughs) You'd be like, what the hell? Like, I need to get away from you. I'm going to hit this thing and run. Yeah. That's true. If an animal object talked to you, you would not be just cool with it. But also, like, they saw the magical mirror beforehand. Like, wouldn't that already start things? Like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) This magical mirror? Right, with a beast man inside. With a beast? And that thing's a beast? What? (laughs) Like... I feel like they would have been freaked out from the well, beginning. Let's move on to the next song, introducing the person who gives them that mirror, Belle, in the song <laughs> Belle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> what should we say? <laughs> oh, Hermione, yeah. you can't sing. You can't I mean, sing. The, here's my thing. I... I don't need you to be like a super stellar singer. Obviously, like Emma Emma Thompson. Um, I was supposed to say Emma Stone. But that's also a point. That's my same problem with La La Land. Is that I feel like I just needed you to be a little bit better. Like I didn't want her to be this like ridiculous Broadway singer. I didn't need her to be that no, way. She doesn't because have songs she's, that need to get to that point. right. And 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 there's so much meat in that character that requires so much acting that mm-hmm. you you know what I mean. Like I feel like that's more important than the actual singing parts. But she was like so bad that in that first song in particular like I don't know if anyone else is as sensitive to autotune as oh, I am but I'm I was so like you could just hear that computer like pulling those I notes could just hear the, the proper I heard the places. flat notes under Three. the autotune yeah and I was just like seeing like I had I was with my boyfriend and uh, his brother and his friend and like they looked at me because like I think the note hit and I was just like 
Like you could, you could, yeah. Exa- I have the same feeling because it's like you could, f- like you could hear, like physically, the computer was like, pull- the auto tune was like pulling her note mm-hmm. to where it needed to be, and but I was still, like, like not being there. And it sounded a little robotic because of that. And I was like, man, I just wish you were just a little bit better. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's so hard because this is like a, a film that all of us grew up with. Like most totally. of our generation know this film, and therefore our parents' generation know this film. And you are used to hearing the song in a certain way. So when it right. hits I mean, it's below big, that, yeah. it's like very sensitive to your ear because you're like, I know this song so well that I totally. know the notes in my head and you're not hitting them. And yeah. it, it was a real struggle for me because I, I love Emma Watson as an actress. I love the job she did acting in the film. Like mm-hmm. I thought Same. I thought it was phenomenal, but you're right. It's like the... I just the, wanted a little yeah, better. Yeah, the music <laughs> was not good. Yeah. No, no, but I, I totally agree I really with loved you. It that it's you like, loved everything oh. about it. I think mentally I'm like five years old still while watching these movies. So same though, totally. It's like I'm still sitting in my cartoon movie (laughs) and being like, "You're not." And for me, like I disagree with the acting. Like I know a lot of people did like her performance. I personally loved everyone's performance in this, but her. I I felt like she was not Belle for me. Even Dan Stevens. Yeah, even Dan Stevens. (laughs) So judging you right now. (laughs) She she just wasn't Belle for me. Like she wasn't Belle. She was Hermione Granger stuck in the castle. Kinda, but that's the character Belle is. Not though. really. It's I feel different. like this is why they cast her. They cast she her because she just had this like sour kind of bitch look on her face the entire film, which made me just like not like her that much. Maybe like, that's just Belle her was face. Always, that's, yeah, I feel like that's just. I feel like that's her face too. Because someone has that resting bitch face. Okay. I have the most resting bitch face. <laughs> Everyone before they meet me, if I don't smile when I first meet someone, they just sort of feel like I'm already thinking like, oh god. <laughs> so I understand that, but I don't know. Like Belle was always like this. They, I think it's partially directing because Belle was always this really like, even though she was very headstrong and, and like strong, she still kind of had manners. And I felt like this one didn't have manners. Interesting. She How wasn't. So? She wasn't even going to be kind of nice. You know, like in the first okay. one, she's like to Gaston, even though she's like, oh, I don't want to be around this guy. I feel she's like she's still that like, was, you know, I just that, don't deserve you. That particular instance, though, yeah. I think that that was a directorial <laughs> choice to make the character. They're trying. They're struggling. No, no, with, that's what I said. Like it might be a directorial thing. Yeah. No, it is. Like it was character. for sure. Like it's confirmed that it's a directorial choice because they're they were at the outset they were saying we're trying to make Belle less of a victim. And so by having her directly stand up to Gaston and say, you know what, no, I, I'm not interested in you at all, like, to them, that was, to the director, that was a, like, a, a more solid feminist stance than just being like, I don't deserve you, it's okay, bye, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll spare your hurt feelings kind of thing. And so that, um, that was a directorial choice that I actually particularly really did agree with because, like, as women all the time, we feel like, we owe it to people that we're not interested in to be nice to them. Um, when, especially in this instance of Gaston, where here you have a person who's very much like a real life guy coming coming at you and coming at you, yeah. and coming at you, and you can only say no so many times before you're like, seriously, dude, you're a jerk, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, like, I get what you're saying. Like, I understand that, and I agree. But I think that's part of what I loved about the original Bellas because that's what I identified with her. Is like, I always like try to be nice even when it's to someone I don't like and so I was like oh I get her and this one I was like oh she's just being really mean 
to everyone. Right. So maybe it's just more subjective. But yeah. I will say that I totally agree with that. And I didn't think about that as well. That like it is this more like feminist stance to be like, I don't have to always be nice. If I've said no several times, like I can say no a little bit more sternly next time. And I think that that is so relevant to now. Maybe that's why it was that was that's why they made that choice because it is so relevant to what we as women are dealing with in the real world. Do you right. know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. that's why, like, like, I can't hate on it like that. It's just, like, my personal totally. thing. Totally. And you're but used I to totally the, get, the like, movie, people, too. Yeah. yeah. But I totally get, like, other people liking her performance. I just personally, it wasn't for me. It's also <laughs> why they made her a scientist. I mean, they added all these little yeah. things. It's also right. why um, in the castle, instead of just outright, like, having the beast lock her in, it seems like the door kind of just, like, closes. Well, he said on. once the store closes, it won't be Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's it's more, it's less she of, like, the beast being sure. a jerk and more of, like, the castle reacting to whatever it is. Well, moving on to, like, the reason that she goes there. So we have this new song, How Does a Moment Last Forever, by Kevin Klein playing Maurice. Um, I love Kevin Klein. I loved Kevin Klein in this. I think he's my favorite part of the whole yeah. movie. No, he's I mean, too. he's normally my favorite part of every movie. <laughs> but he's so I, great. I just didn't get their choice of changing his occupation <laughs> to an artist rather than a inventor. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. I feel like... Maybe I don't too. know. He's kind of an artist inventor, though. I mean, he's I know, like but it's building clocks. For me, like you know, the town thinks she's odd, but it's also partly because they think her father's odd because he makes these weird inventions and he's always. But now he's making these really beautiful clocks and like music boxes, and he's not really that odd. So it's like more a standoff. Like I don't know. But even in like, if you think of like, if we're gonna put it in the time period, artists were not the creme de la creme they were kind of like the the crappy people crappy weirdos in the town anyway no matter how beautiful they were drawing or not so i i do think that like having a dad be an artist and the daughter be a scientist is like enough to label them as town weirdos i didn't really get that she was a scientist did i miss something she she builds the the there's the scene she builds the washing machine yeah she mm-hmm. builds the washing machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess and then they, like, hate the on her because I think that like, I just, in my that. head, was, like, still thinking her dad was an inventor. And so <laughs> I think that's yeah. what I was like. Oh, no, she didn't invent yeah, that her dad. That and I wonder if that, I don't know, I haven't read the original fairy tale, but I don't know if that's, like, maybe he was an artist in the original fairy tale or I'm not. I'm trying to remember. I've, I didn't read it, but I saw the La, la Belle La Bette French I, class. Yeah, I do know that they made... They made certain changes that actually like line up with the original fairy tale, like making the prince more like stuck up and mean in in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I don't know like if that oh lines up with the His fairy tale. His makeup in the beginning. Sorry, that, I lived. I lived. I love a good drag queen. I was living for that makeup. <laughs> it was really hilarious. I just couldn't with the. When she, when she powered him. I loved it. I was like, no wonder this guy got under a curse. He was like a jerky fop. It makes sense. <laughs> He's such a jerk, yeah. Um, it, well, it, it, we had this discussion in the last episode where, like, if you were, like, a 12-year-old or however he was before the curse happened, like, and you and some poor person was like, I'm going to come stay in your house, you'd be like, stranger danger. Yeah. Well, in this one, he's an, he's an adult, and, like, the lady comes in, and he's just, like, a jerky fop person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes it, it makes it more excusable that a curse is put on them, although... It still made me sad when the like when the serving people were like, "Yeah, we were complicit, so now we have to die." I was yeah, like, "Wait, I, what?" I didn't really. 
Like, I got that, that they wanted to give a reason as to why the servants were also changed. But yeah, but he gets to live, and they have to die and turn into objects. But I also don't agree with them being changed, because, like I said last week, if they had talked back to him or his father, they would have been fired. Right. Yeah, yeah, so totally. it's like, oh, give up your liveliness to make sure this but one don't, person... But they explain that later, though, don't they? They're like, oh, we didn't because we cared for him, and he yeah. lost his yeah. father, and they explain that towards the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but they still said he, they were changed as well because they didn't change his upbringing right and you're saying he that they would, they would have been fired. fired totally right if they were like you like yelling yeah at they him totally to, don't his dad's trying to make him this mean person like mm-hmm. his dad would be like get out of my house right exactly like, that's not fair right they're totally. like just poor working people. It, it really <laughs> is unfair and the beast is like i'll have to live as a beast forever it's like well your servants have to turn into objects like <laughs> but would he just turn into a full beast like would he also it just never like, not really explain what yeah. will happen have his consciousness anymore you because know? he's all at the end of it's always like he's being killed Dying. so we never right. fully it's, know what would happen yeah. right. to him that's true and I don't know that's a good question I, mean, I feel like question. he would just die <laughs> I feel like he would just die um then we have Belle Reprise which is very much the same as yeah. the cartoon mm-hmm. um and then we have Gaston which, Wait, before we go on, I just want to say that I thought the village, the like the art direction and the oh, set yeah, dressing the set. was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Oh I, my gosh. I to travel. And I loved like <laughs> like her wardrobe, like how she like tucked in her skirt, yes. like all that stuff and her like my little My sister actually had and, like, a huge problem with that. Really? Because my sister's a um, costume designer uh-huh. and she's really big into that era and that's, they didn't have those in that era. Yet. What, the they boots? Had, no, the pantaloons. Oh. They hadn't oh. invented them yet. Oh. So it's not time period, right? And she said everybody else in the town had time period specific costumes, and she, and she was the only one that well, all maybe of her costumes she invented didn't fit. it. Maybe she was <laughs> yeah. a trendsetter. I agree. Like I think, like I mean, obviously, my sister is a, like a costume designer, so she's mm-hmm. like no accuracy. But I'm like, that's kind of you know, she's supposed to be ahead of her time, so I think that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did read when I was reading about the costumes in the play that Emma Watson, like wanted herself wanted to make changes because she was like Belle's riding and running around and doing stuff we have to give her some sort of pantaloons so I feel like that might have actually been Emma Watson saying (laughs) saying my character needs to have some sort of pants if she's doing all these things totally anyway I just wanted to say Uh, that as well so then we move on to Gaston which they did change some of the lyrics, which I didn't realize because I had I specifically oh, did? didn't listen to the mm-hmm. soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, because I, I know that change? song by heart, remember. so like I, I I don't know what exactly the spinning remember. part isn't in there. The part where he's they like, I'm a, in there. it is, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he like, but they changed like one of the verses. They changed some of the words into a different thing because I know because I was singing along and then all of a sudden my mouthing was wrong to the, what they were saying. Yeah, there's <laughs> some, there there are different things because he has he has this line about like shooting things from behind like, all the or something. stuff right before he says I have antlers and all my death decorating is yeah. completely different. And then there's the line where LeFou doesn't know how to read. That was really funny, which yeah. was so accurate. Yeah. Well, so and I loved it because of the act. I loved it because just it was this really funny part, but it was also... Oh, it's the Tom, Dick, and Stanley. They don't have that line, do they? Yeah, they have that line. Yeah. What is the line? Now, okay, you know what? Tweet at us. Difference. Tweet at us and let us know what is missing because I was yeah. having the same problem. I was like, no, it was different. I just can't like, recall like right now exactly the words that were different. But um, the LeFou part also I felt like was a nod because um, the soundtrack, as a kid, I listened to the soundtrack a lot. And in the soundtrack, it's not in the cartoon, but the soundtrack has this part where LeFou's like, G A S, G A S T, G S T O. And then, like, can't, like, figure it out. It's like, Gaston! And, like, just goes off. He doesn't have all the little words in between. But I liked that they kind of took that from the soundtrack yeah. and added it back all in. Because that they took feels it out like, of the film. 
that feels like something that Josh Gad would have come up with, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that came Maybe about. Josh Gad, Gad, like, knew that soundtrack as a kid, too. Maybe. And then he's like, I'm going to go with this, but I want to go further with Yeah, because yeah, he seems like such an... I have a friend that's worked with him before, and he's, like, such, like, an improv guy. Like, I feel like he probably... He totally was my... Up. And also, because Book of Mormon is one of my all-time favorite musicals, he was my, like, favorite part in this I entire loved, film. I loved him in this film so much. He was really funny. I will say, though, that I... Okay, like, I love that it's like, okay, it's the first openly gay character for Disney, which is like, that's great. But I feel like they slapped you in the face with it in the movie. They're like, he's gay. Oh, look, he's gay. He's gay. Oh, but really, guys, I'm gay. Like, over and over and over again. When he could have just been gay. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was actually really subtle. You know what Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I felt is, like, we get it. Like, gosh. I think it, it has to come, it comes from a place of, like, if you're friends with a lot of gay people, which I am, watching it to me, that's how it felt to me. And, and I didn't, either way, I didn't have a problem with it. But I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, so clearly gay. And my boyfriend who watched it, he was like, I appreciate how subtle they did that. And I was like, this is so interesting to me because we just saw the same movie and yeah. came across with two different well, I mean, I viewpoints. I think it also might have come part as subtle to some people, like for me, because like they kept the saying, oh, he's going to be openly gay and everyone's like getting all up in arms about it. And then... Yep. <laughs> but uh, I think so also it was like it's subtle like, because it wasn't... There, there are also like we... I think if you hang out with gay people, your gaydar is just better. And so, like, may, I don't know if he imitated someone he knew from real life or something that made it so obvious to people who are gay. But for mm-hmm. my boyfriend was like, he's like, I feel like the people that um, the people that are the gay audience, like young kids who are gay who are watching this, they're going to be watching it and thinking oh my gosh, this is, like, this means so much to me to have this character, like, and it'll hit them in the right way, but I also think that for people that don't really, like, are not tuned into that, he's like, I do feel like it'll wash straight over their heads, and I mean, I still think he was, like, very feminine. I think you're always going to come away. The LeFou character, my and this again was, like, my boyfriend, he was like, when I watched the original movie, the LeFou character is kind of, like, that like that way anyway to him. I mean, so I don't know if that final scene can wash over. It went by so quick that final scene, like with with him dancing, dancing with them yeah. dancing yeah. with the guy that got in drag. And I do love, and that was the other thing I loved. <laughs> I thought because so, you so funny. much as yeah. soon as I saw him like in the drag and be like, I was like, Jackie's gonna love. Oh, I like of course <laughs> I love a, a good drag moment. queen, but I I also love that like. You have in the original movie the certain homophobia where they get into their dresses and they're like, oh my god, but it was wonderful to have a guy get into that dress and be like, yeah, this is my shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, wait, I like this. Yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cute. I feel like I was, like, looking for the moment that all the articles kept mentioning throughout the whole movie. Oh, <laughs> like, and you're then it comes to the end. Yeah. Like, maybe that's why like that. I guess yeah. I didn't, I felt like it was so huge because I didn't read all these articles. I mean, I had heard people were talking about but I didn't like read, I didn't know that yeah. people were expecting them to make out or something. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, why. I think that, I don't think like Disney portrayed it to be like that. I think that everybody else being up in arms made uh-huh. everyone think, oh, someone must made have seen this and it must be like something huge. I had a feeling it was going to be... Wasn't there, like... I did see something about, like, some movie theater, like, in Iowa. I don't know. I'm making this up. In some state. Alabama. That, like, like decide to ban the movie. uh, Malaysia Malaysia was going to ban the film, (laughs) and they aren't anymore, and they're not going to even do it with cuts. They were going to ban it completely, and then they were going to show it cutting out the the, the, the the dancing part. The LeFou. Like, certain parts of LeFou. And now they're like, okay, we'll show it without any cuts, because I guess they realize, like, oh, it's not that bad. 
Like we don't need yeah, to worry. Yeah, they're not like I mean, making I don't know why you need to worry anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Be our guest. One of like the most. Sorry, like make that such a harsh cut forward. I was just like, oh, time. <laughs> I, uh, I. I loved watching that number. Like, watching it gave me that same feeling you got when you watched the animated thing. You're like, oh, this is so exciting. The dinner's dancing. And, and it was even it was even <laughs> bigger here. Like, it was it was even bigger because they were able to make with CGI more mm-hmm. of a fanfare. Um, and I love Ewan McGregor's singing. But for me, there... I don't know if it's because, like, he's literally never done a French accent before in his life or something. But <laughs> it was not... It, there was something about his French accent that he wasn't going f- like full on like the guy in the movie where it's very in the mm-hmm. original uh, yeah. animated film where the voice actor is very exaggerated where it's that kind of la poisson kind of thing yeah and it's he doesn't go that far and then he holds back so you're, he's speaking in this like dialect that is like not even what a real French person would say but not even an exaggeration so it was just it rang so false and awkward and frustrating to me you I'm mean like, just Ugh. the accent yeah right? just the yeah. accent I mean I, I kind of felt that way too I was like oh this is a little it didn't bother me that much but yeah, yeah I totally know what you're I saying I didn't have an issue with Ian McGregor at all I actually really liked him in this role but I thought I he was pretty, which I thought was I surprising because I, I think I, he's so good at accents I felt opposite yeah. I felt like I didn't get the magical feeling that I get in the cartoon in this <gasps> Really? Because the cartoon, it I don't know. There's something about it that's very huge. And then the play, they have all this huge like stuff going on. And I felt like this but was a little underwhelming. did you watch it in 3D? I did not because I hate I didn't watch it in 3D. I don't like 3D. Me either. I don't like 3D. I like 3D either. I really like 3D. And the dinner was like coming at you. And you're like, oh, oh. So maybe that's why. <laughs> I would watch it in 3D <laughs> now. <laughs> I, I liked it because it was like colorful and... I feel like whenever I see a lot of color- colors, it feels magical to me. I also like totally. It's a good point. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because of now that you said it earlier, it made me think of it that he wasn't a kid when he got changed, like the beast. Uh-huh. Yeah, but because they changed the line from ten years we've been resting to so many years we've been resting. Yeah, and I was like, why did they change that line? Like, what's the I difference think because they're so many years and yeah. Years? In the film, they were trying to make this. Uh, point that the the town is like uh, caught like caught in time, whereas it seems like in, in the animated movie, I keep seeing film and they're both films. Um, <laughs> in the in the animated movie, they there's an allusion to like an actual passage of time, whereas here it's more like we're stuck in time. So I feel like that made sense for the mythology they were setting up. Yeah, like I said, when you said like the fact that he was older when he was yeah like, he's, that made sense to everybody's me then, supposedly the same age like when a, it's they, again just a manner of me lip-syncing along to songs and being like oh that's a different <laughs> lyric <laughs> and it helps solve the problem of like people like me who watch the cartoon and they're like uh so if chip is less than the age that the curse started does that mean like mrs potts did oh, it yeah. with yeah like, <laughs> i've heard that before too <laughs> i don't know in my head kid watching and I always just assumed that even though it had been oh 10 years God. that they were stuck in their age like when they became people again they were going to be the same I age thought it was that way too right 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 changed. right I don't think I ever thought of you that <laughs> but that's funny I've also heard people say that too but I, I that's they what make, I thought yeah they, they totally make this big point though of like when you reach your 21st birthday so like you do feel like the time is progressing I guess the, I just know, I guess as a kid movie. I just yeah, I'm really, I'm really obsessed with like the consistencies of like time and space. So I was like, I don't understand. This is not. You must be so angry watching like 
time machine movies. I actually really love time machine movies. <laughs> really? I'm so fascinated. I feel like because there's so many, and I have a lot of friends that are like you that are like very into the science of it. And yeah. whenever they, well, like, what was the last, the Looper was one that uh, people, was that what it was I called? Yeah. yeah. With Bruce Willis and what's his face? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jordan Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Just, yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt. You haven't seen it? No, I've seen it. Oh, okay. I, I, I liked that movie. But oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. I just um, feel like a lot of people are like, that's, that's not how it works, and get angry. Anyway, sorry. That's no, okay. I'm just Different movie. <laughs> so then we go on to have Days in the Sun, which is like, I put in my notes human again, because it's I what I feel was human again. They oh. changed it to be this Days in the Sun. I didn't like any of the new songs. I didn't like Zero. any of the new songs either. And I mean, yeah. It's, they just didn't fit. I don't know why you the, wouldn't pull from a, like a Well, it was still on Make It and Broadway Tim show. It was I agree still on Make It and Tim Rice. But the songs felt very different. Like, it was like, we have these songs from the 90s that are, like, this feeling, and then we have these songs that are this feeling, and they didn't connect for me. Like, it didn't flow. I can see that. And I can also see where, like, because the because the Broadway play was written closer to the actual yeah. animated film... It was, like, it's three still, years different. Yeah, it still felt like they were in that same kind of, like, era, zone, whatever. And so why wouldn't you just pull from there and put it in the movie? Well, let's know. just kind of, like, go through some of these new songs. Like, How Does a Moment Last Forever... Where we have the tra- time traveling book or the, the world traveling? I know. Book. I was like, Ed, this wasn't in the musical either, right? Like the bro- okay, oh, that was brand new. It was brand new. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I don't know if I felt like it was needed. I yeah, the whole the whole maybe it was to make. I actually don't know why, but like that whole thing about reason, like oh, both of us lost our mothers. Is that oh, okay? I think that's kind of the point of it. And they like connect like, on he, yeah, a better level. He knew how his mom level. died, and she never knew, and now she gets to find out. But I don't know. They, I mean, I they felt like very they... clear about that, though. I yeah. No, if that it, was their choice, I yeah. felt so bad because I know it's supposed to be a serious moment. But in the theater, I had to stop myself from cracking up. Why? <laughs> okay, because that's there's terrible. That little, there's the one where he's the little boy and he's singing to his mom who's dying and saying, "I'll never leave you." And then his dad walks in, grabs him, and moves him out of the room. And I was like, <laughs> "Well." And, and then the mood changed really way. fast. And I was like, "I cannot laugh right now." That whole, I felt like. We've explained that, okay, so for people like me who are super also book nerds, and this is the first, like, Disney princess who was like, I'm a real nerd, and I'm like, yay! So we have this, <laughs> um, we have this scene, which is great, where, where the Beast in, in this version is not illiterate. Like, he's yeah. like, I read a lot. And he's I'm like, like, I had a great education. I was so excited, <laughs> because here I am thinking, like, okay, we've, we've established that Gaston and LeFou, like, are pretty much illiterate. Um, in this Pretty in this much version. everyone is illiterate. But right. The but they, we've, yeah. like, outwardly established, like, Gaston doesn't like to read, LeFou is illiterate, and then, yeah. and then like, the Beast really loves to read. And so I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here's something they connect on. And so when they're in the library and he's opening the book, and I'm like, they're going to connect on reading, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And then there's some weird time travel thing. And I'm like, no! <laughs> and, and, and it was weird because it was, like, it was time travel but not really it was like just them going to that apartment in current day but yet all this stuff was still there and yeah, I was like no one I took over this apartment I didn't know that it no was time travel was I thought it was just teleportation well I didn't yeah. no, I couldn't tell because I thought it was teleportation but then why would her like crib and the mask and everything because still the be plague there? happened so but a the lot plague of didn't the... happen that was so incorrect that time period <laughs> Okay, but in the movie, right, the plague happened. So I feel like half of the town was dead and, like, ab- maybe the space was Paris. abandoned. Like, I feel like as soon as stuff town, is abandoned, city. everyone would be like, yeah, real estate, move it. Well, would I you want to live in a house where someone history. had the plague? 
After a certain, it's been years. She was a baby. She's oh, now no, that like, whole scene. Then I was expecting like a Moulin Rouge song. And it was <laughs> oh, <laughs> I totally because you know yes. in the movie. Yeah. I totally felt I like Moulin Rouge. I was expecting La Luna Trouble. And I was like, I was not happening. Totally alright with that. And then we also have that would be amazing. Evermore. Which one is that? Which is a the good song. song. If oh, you're yeah. not Dan Stevens singing, I, no, see, I thought it was just an okay song. <laughs> like it's not a bad. But how do you song? really feel? I don't think you've told us yet. <laughs> I, she loves Dan Stevens. Uh, I um, think that's what she's saying. She just really wants to throw people off the track. She, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna secretly like abscond with him. I thought the song was fine. Like it was pretty, and it was whatever. But. I mean, and part of it's just me being like, I really absolutely love if I can't love her. And I just yeah. wish they would have used that. Yeah. But like for this one, Evermore didn't build for me. It was like all here. It's because Dan Stevens can't hit any friggin' notes. So it's like this, and then it goes to a crescendo, and it's like beep at the crescendo, and you're like, what is happening? I mean, compared to Emma Watson, everyone in that yeah, movie was like stellar Watson, singers. Like, they I, were all Audrey McDonald. Totally <laughs> all of them. I was totally fine with his singing, and maybe it was just because of Emma I, Watson. I didn't bother me, didn't and bother I think it was because of Emma Watson. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't bother me that much. Unpopular opinion. I thought that that song gave me chills at the end. It's prob- Becca, honestly, like for viewers, like you probably have the more popular opinion. Maybe. Like, we're all coming across as very snobby right now. Well. But I've already, I've always said I was a Broadway snob. So. But it's just here's here's my argument. So you have someone like Emma Watson who who can't sing, you know, at all, um, and you you pick her because of her acting skills. Then you have someone well, like Dan. And she sells tickets, right? I and think she that's sells the biggest tickets. Piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. And I, that was right. explained to me because I was like, "Oh, they have a lot of big stars in this film, but she's the only one consistently that's not an object ever. That's not right. just a voice right. actor, right. so it makes mm-hmm. sense." But mm-hmm. big, no, she's Hermione. She sells tickets. Of other really great actresses that are big names that can sing, and yeah, I agree. But for Dan Stevens, here you have someone that you know, is only really well-known in the TV world, so he's not, I would not call him a bona fide movie star. I didn't know who he was I didn't, know who, yeah, I didn't know who he was either. So, so he's not a bona fide movie star, so, okay, presumably you're casting him because of either A, his acting chops, B, his singing, or C, both. Which probably his voice, right? Because he's mostly CGI, right? But then his voice, I would, like, from what I can gather, that's not yeah, just I, him doing that voice. Okay, it has to be some sort of like. You can come in and say you think he was dubbed. No, I think oh. there was some sort of. Um, you know when when you talk into a thing and it like gar- like like the bane kind of thing going on where you can talk into something mm-hmm. and it garbles your voice. Like I oh, feel, as the beast. You yeah, mean? I yeah, feel like yeah. that's there was an effect achieved. Not that it wasn't his real voice, but like they used an effect to make mm-hmm. his voice seem more imposing than it was. It's not it like did. this guy is like James Earl Jones where he has this naturally like like beautiful rich toned voice. It's that's just not him. And, and so, you don't think like he like worked with somebody to like do that? You think it really was like I'm, I'm asking because I've never heard I him speak. Know. So yeah, I mean <laughs> outside of the from, movie. yeah. So from watching him on Downton Abbey, he has a nice voice, but it's not it's not of the same like quality that you hear when he speaks as he's the Beast. So part of me is thinking like he either worked his ass off to achieve like some kind of like uh, vo- vocal like mm-hmm. difference from when he's like a regular talking person. 
or they use something to like distort his voice. Now I don't know. You guys can. You're welcome to tweet at me and tell me otherwise, or you can tell me. <laughs> I, I agree with that actually because I feel like he sounds like he's like roaring whenever he's talking and singing and stuff. I don't, I don't know. know. But I that's like that's not how he speaks on Downton Abbey, and he has a nice voice, but it's not. It does not sound like that. And right. so then you you have someone. Okay, so he's wearing all these prosthetics or whatever. So the only thing that's really identifiable as Dan Stevens is his eyes. And so I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like, we're casting this guy who's, like, n- not using his face to act. So you could essentially cast, like, anyone, really. Totally. And then you could have anyone sing and anyone be the voice and then just change it to... You could even just have Dan Stevens play the last part and you didn't even need him in all the, like, prosthetics and CGI and whatnot. I don't know. I didn't have know? an issue with him at all. I think they cast him because of the eyes. Because of the eyes. <laughs> he has some pretty eyes. That's true. Um, I was looking at his eyes the whole time. Like, do you know the how one? many actors can act with their eyes? Tons of them. But the, the one well, creepy eyes. part, though, with the true. eyes for me was... Okay, and let's talk a little bit about this before we get... Because I know we're very short on time. But uh, the very end, with having them all kind of die... Oh, yeah. And, like, in very... I was like, this. oh, there's children in this theater. Like, I liked it first because I liked dark things, but I was like, oh, this is really morbid. Especially, like, Lemire, like, twisting into a whole new thing. The one that killed me was the dog. The dog, too. Oh, no. But Dan Steven, it was so weird for me. Another part where I almost laughed. She's crying over his body, but his eyes are just open, and he looked like a stuffed animal. Oh my god! I don't remember that but part. He was just stuffed like, animal. I mean, to his credit, he wore stilts and like a bodysuit. Well, I think that that was was that? I think that might have just been like a prop head. Is it wasn't? I don't know. Maybe I was so he had glass. So maybe he was a stuffed animal. Yeah, <laughs> he was a stuffed animal. Was a animal. But I know, I know, in the fair. dancing scene, mm-hmm. he did wear stilts and a bodysuit, and that's all very. Like, I didn't know that. I thought a lot of it was CGI. It's. What he did, yeah. What he did was he wore stilts and then a a bodysuit that they had like basically green screen on, so the little dots and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they CGI'd over his actual movements. But it's like I don't know. I I felt like you could have you could have cast any number of other actors who can like sing and have a naturally like beautiful. I mean the same with Phil. I think. (laughs) I mean she's a good actress, but there are also other great actresses who can sing a little better. Little lot. But she sold completely two sold tickets. So. Um, <laughs> last this film did sell Becca a lot completely of disagrees. <laughs> I, like, not, I overall really liked the film. Overall, I did too. I prefer the cartoon. I will yeah, watch the cartoon any day of the week over this one. But I still liked it. The last thing I will say out before moving on, most unneeded thing to me of all of it is the very end when she tells him to grow a beard and he roars at her. I was oh like, my oh, god. <laughs> so dumb. I died out I laughing. I completely agree with you. I, like, I did oh, not need that. Oh, she's a like, furry now. She's got some fetishes, guys. That was so weird. <laughs> that was, that that was, was a little too much. That, no, that was very odd. That was <laughs> a little <laughs> too much. <laughs> and I came out of the theater like thinking, like that was like the last thing I remembered from the movie, I think. Yeah, that's You're true. That's like the last, like, last yeah. thing you take away like, from the movie. Oh, so dumb. Would you like to Grow beard. <laughs> so dumb. And the way he does the hand thing yeah, too. I was like, I was like, oh god. Uh. Um, but we also need to talk about you, yeah. of course. Yay! Especially yeah. and some of the things you have going on because you're in the Mean Girls musical right now. How much longer does that? Yeah. Run for? So we actually got extended. So we're going until May 13th, 
Um, and you can get your tickets at rockwell-la.com, I believe. And how many performances a week do you guys do? So we run uh, four nights or four days a week. So it's Thursday through Saturday at eight, and then Sundays at noon. Um, it's a brunch show. It's really fun. Um, yeah, and it's an unauthorized musical parody of Mean Girls. So it's not like we're doing a musical of Mean Girls. We're very much commenting on it, and it's really fun. And you know, we're making fun of the characters as well as the actors playing them. And it's all set to like uh, really fun, like pop music of around that time. Like I sang Oops, I Did It Again, but like in a different <laughs> rendition of it. And the whole show starts off with Africa um, from Toto. Yeah, I <laughs> so much fun. So it's definitely, definitely do not take ourselves seriously. And it's so much fun for the audience because it's such an immersive space, the Rockwell. You know, they're, they're so mm-hmm. good at like putting you inside of these shows. So you're not like going to the theater and like sitting and watching. <laughs> you're you know? like, you're, you're like eating, eating a meal and yeah. people are like, literally at your table dancing. <laughs> And probably stealing your drinks and your food at the same time. So, (laughs) or fries. It's super fun. Yeah, and I play the Lindsay Lohan character. So, if that gives you any indication as to the type of casting, Katie Caddy. Yep, Katie Caddy. That's what I was calling. She's too nice to me. Yeah. And then you also have you just had a single released in January. I did, which I'm really excited about. It's a song called "You." I think we actually have Alexis uh, has it um, on the screen that we can play a little bit of it, and maybe you can explain. Kind of your, yeah, how you came about um, creating it and everything for it. Yeah, um, do we want to listen first, or should I just? She's it right now. Okay. So uh, yeah, so um, wait, are they watching this? I'm confused. Um, they're watching it, but you're talking over it. So okay. They can oh, hear great. Because it's just the picture, but they're they're hearing it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I for this video, whenever I write a song, I. I feel like whenever you're writing anything, you kind of have a visual in your head of what's happening. And so a lot of the times those will spark ideas for music videos. And for this one in particular, I didn't really see a narrative. I saw like, I saw a lot of emotion that was brought through with colors. So I had this idea of doing a watercolor music video. Um, and so I went to CalArts. Shout out, CalArts. Um, and I decided to reach out to the animation school and see if there was anyone that was willing to like collaborate with me on a video. And I found this amazing girl. Her name is Noha Kashagi. Um, and she is an amazing animator and collaborated with me on the video. Um, so all the visuals you're seeing is is all her handiwork. She's amazing. Um, and yeah, the song is, you know, about kind of like not I mean it's sort of a breakup song but the breakup hasn't happened just quite yet so it's about that moment that's like right before that moment that things have ended and you're kind of trying to salvage you know this this, you're trying to you're trying to finish yeah you're trying to fix this relationship and the other person is just like peace (laughs) bye so and I feel like yeah it's super relatable it's something that I went through and um so it was really like therapeutic to 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 write the song but yeah so that came out in January is that gonna be a strength that'll lead to a full album that's be released so yeah it'll be a part of an EP um it's gonna be a five song EP or six I can't remember I think it's five songs um that's gonna be released uh this summer hopefully um and it's called Get Back to Love um and we're working on another music video for one of the other songs on on the EP that will probably also come out this summer as well so kind of doing the Mean Girl show and simultaneously so working on music stuff I try to stay busy I mean I'm sure as all of us do so yeah yeah that's really cool I and they can get it anywhere, right? Yeah, so you is like literally anywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, it's on YouTube, the video's on YouTube, uh, it's on SoundCloud, all the places. All the places. All, all the, the places. places. Yeah. I love that video. Thanks, yeah. yeah. 
I think it's cool. I'm excited yeah, about no, it. I, I mean, I love what you're saying about the colors and the pastels and stuff of it. It reminded me of like those things like when we we're kids and like they used to draw like with the um, uh, pencils, the colored pencils, and then it would come to life. It was like that kind of yeah. feeling. What? What is this? What is that? Wasn't that stuff that happened? Yeah. <laughs> I've never no, seen never that before. That That's I so cool. Yeah, I kind of remember that. It was like all those like kid shows like uh, yeah. Reading Rainbow. Oh, I thought yeah. even like it was a toy that did that. Oh, no, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> how cool no, is like, that? Right. Just like, like reading Rainbow and stuff, how they like, oh, drew right. it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. gave me like the feeling of that again, yeah. like, looks wise. Yeah. And like, it's nice to see something that's that's not just a straight out music video like people reenacting lyrics or something you know something a little bit different yeah which I've done before like my I have a couple previous videos that are also on my YouTube channel um and they, yeah, one of them is more more of a straight narrative, and that was the one that was released right before I worked on this one. So it was like, I yeah, I wanted like a change, and and again, going back to like, I just didn't feel like a narrative. I felt like it was so much more of an emotional song to me that I wanted to portray that with like, I, colors and movement. I like that choice movement. too because there are a lot of songs that I feel like don't really have a certain narrative like that and then people try like you know somebody's director or whatever is like well we should impose a narrative on this yeah or like it's like what's worse is when it has a clear narrative and then the narrative in the video doesn't really match the narrative of the song and you're like um there's also like I love like the that you like I already said it but I love that you chose like that it's that point in the relationship because I feel like we have so many breakup songs we have so many love songs but like, that are always after. It's yeah, like about you never get the story of like, and that's so real. Like, you know, Jordan. there's so many things where it's like, one person is like, clearly this is over, and one person's like, no, it's not. Like, I don't know what you mean. And it's that's a huge part of a relationship. And there's people that stick in relationships for years with it being that. Oh, totally. Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was something that was personally happening to me, which is why I think it came out that way. But I also just think as a listener, that's such a an interesting place to come from do you know what I mean that it's not just like a breakup song or like a I'm in love song it's like this place that's in between that Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of cool right because and it's relatable because we've all been in that place that's totally yeah and it's it's nice to have something that kind of like you're not alone in that because you a lot of times you feel very alone in that because you're being pressed off by the other person in the relationship like you feel extremely by yourself yeah totally I mean I didn't talk to a lot of people when the beginning of the relationship was starting to crumble I mean I kept that to myself for a while because it was just so Mm -hmm. terrible and like heartbreaking well especially with social media nowadays like it's very easy to prolong that because you can appear to be fine absolutely and that's a whole other conversation (laughs) right we'll be talking for a whole other hour yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole thing but no totally yeah um but we are done. I'm sorry, like that felt so quick. Like I felt like we didn't even get to like half of what we all need to talk about. And um, I, I'll post the news I had uh, on our Twitter and our Facebook and stuff because we just don't have time to get to it. But uh, we are doing next week, Jackie Closer, Wintel, which Closer. is a play, and it was also a film with uh, Clive Owen and Natalie Portman. So um, it's a very sexy story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know when I when I saw it, my professor was in it, so it was like not <laughs> oh, sexy. Oh wow, <laughs> awkward. So we yeah. can talk about that. <laughs> this awesome. He played uh, the character Clive Owen plays in the movie. Who Clive Owen didn't play that. Clive Owen was the other character. The um, what's this bucket? 
He was the other character, the younger <laughs> character when he was when he did it on in London. So Oh, I didn't what, know he did it yeah, before the movie. So then when he was oh. in the film, he was the he played the older character and my professor was the older character who like masturbates on stage. <laughs> You oh, know, so we'll be discussing, discussing that, that next week. Oh, okay. Yummy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and you can catch up with us on our Facebook page, Broadway Breakdown, and Broadway Beatdown is our Twitter page. Um, also, comment, subscribe. And on thank iTunes you so much here. for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. And let them know one last time where, where they can find you and all your new music to come. Yeah, you can follow. You can find out all that music stuff um, and follow me at Bianca Giselle, and it's Giselle's with two S's and two L's. So yeah, follow me on the Twitters, the Instagrams, <laughs> all the things. All on the things. my YouTube channel is the same: YouTube.com/slash Bianca Giselle. Yeah. And Becca, where can they find you? Y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. And she's a fantastic singer. So go. She to really is. She really is. Thanks, guys. It's a blast. <laughs> yeah, come. It's really fun. It's it's a I'm, gonna, I'll make, I'm gonna make it out before May 13th. She's yeah, so good. Totally, it's a totally like it's a strong cast. You know? mm-hmm. Like you everyone in the show is so ridiculous. Like they're amazing. It's true. Yeah. I had everyone a blast. is an amazing singer and comedian and actor and stuff. So where can they find you, Jackie? Uh, one, two, three, Jackie B on all platforms and doing the Drag Race after show in two hours. <laughs> And you guys can. If you want to hear more about drag queens. <laughs> and, and you who guys doesn't? can find me at bfips14 on Instagram and Twitter, bfips1214 on Snapchat. And on Wednesdays, I do the speechless after show on Afterbus TV as well at 7 p.m. So you can check me out there. And we will see you guys all next week. Bye. Bye. I'm true as it can be. <laughs> Barely even friends. <laughs> 